Hello and welcome to Cracked Open, a podcast guiding you on your journey to becoming a vessel of unconditional love. This is your host, Beck Mylonis, High Priestess, Channel, and Activator. Join me on this series as I share reflections, insights, and channel transmissions from my journey of walking the initiation path. Each episode is a unique transmission containing supportive frequencies to facilitate the deepest healing, activation, and reconnection with your soul. I invite you to open your mind and set the intention to receive this episode into your heart space. Let's go. (laughs) Welcome back, beautiful beings, to another episode I am so fucking excited to have this human on here with me. He is one of my favorite humans, um, and I don't say that lightly. Yesterday, it dropped in for me to start bringing people onto this podcast who I'm obsessed with, who I've had really beautiful connections with, because I feel like it would serve some of you to meet their frequency. And I'm going to go into Ross's official bio in a second, but this man, I can tell you, Oh, so much love, so much love. This is a man with a really big heart. In his bio, he wrote, Ross is a giant man with a giant heart. I could have written that myself, right? Like it's, I can attest to the love and the light and the joy that pours off this human. Look at him smiling. I love him. Uh, You can tell I love this man. Um, Ross and I met in Bali uh, about a year ago now, a little bit under a year ago. Yeah. We met at a festival and didn't really chat much, but then later ran into each other at a a friend's kind of like going away retreat. And it was actually Ross and his men's circle that was sitting there. Um, And I bombed their men's circle meeting, which was great. And Ross and I got into a chat about masculine and feminine dynamics. And there was just this fucking fire. And it was like, we need to connect. Um, And then we got into some really beautiful healing together, um, holding some space for each other to heal some feminine and masculine wounding. I can say that I have, I have dropped this date before, but the way that Ross was able to hold me in a safe feminine um, space, well, he wasn't holding the feminine, I was in the feminine, but I was able to drop fully into the feminine because of his loving um, non-judgmental, just strong, primal, Viking, masculine presence. So this is some of the things we're going to go into. So to just let you know, kind of like what Ross is all about. Um, Ross is a giant man with a giant heart, as I've already said. <laughs> He's a Leo. Uh, so you'll hear all about it. No. <laughs> he has had many, prof- <laughs> many professional endeavors from managing national nationwide marketing tours, acting, investing, and most recently hosting men's retreats. He's a self-proclaimed student of life and loves sharing what has helped him on his journey with others. And also before I let Ross take the mic, um, because there's a lot of energy moving already and I can feel it, please know that the container that we are sharing for you guys today is fucking beautiful. If you can feel into the frequency of all of the support that's here and um, yeah, just the unconditional love between us, this is available to everyone. And I want you guys to feel into the frequency beneath what we're talking about, um, because this is what divine union and relating and connection and the feminine and the masculine coming together. This is what it's all for, right? Being able to have these beautiful heart open connections. And Ross and I, when we connected in this way, we're able to literally melt into each other, into this intimacy and connection, which is fucking profound considering there was no physical stuff right so that's what's available to everyone I'm gonna let Ross take the mic so Ross I would love to um, hear from you and and let us all know kind of 
where you're at in your journey and what brought you to be this beautiful Viking man that you are today. Yeah, thank you so much, Beck. First and foremost, it's great to be here. Um, and it was fun hearing you talk about how we met and we were when we were sitting down when you bombed the uh, the men's crew. We just we couldn't stop chatting. It was like ping pong. We were just like so excited. It, it was really fun uh, when we got to get together and, and really drop in. And it's been really impactful, definitely for both of us, just our connection and and the different things that we've shared and just having the different conversations has been really a pleasure. So I'm really excited to be here today with you and your big smile and the big energy. Um, and I'm really excited to hop in. So where to start? Oh, man, where am I at right now? What am I doing? <clears throat> so I was just in Bali as well for about 15 months. And I had been in LA for about six years before um pursuing an acting career some highlights uh worked on a lot of really cool projects some commercials some movies one of the last things i did i was a viking um on a show called ultimate tag which looking back now was actually me for the first time like finding this primal warrior energy inside of me and i actually got to display it for everyone on national tv which was really cool but Looking back now, I can see how it was a, kind of a big part of my journey uh, becoming a man. So I lived in Bali for 15 months, and I wanted to kind of hit the reset button. I was living under a lot of like pressure and tension, uh, stress, and also like waiting for that one day when I had the perfect acting career, and then I would travel again, then I would do this, then I would basically live again. And I think a lot of people really live their life like that. And I just felt very disconnected from the present. And so I was like, you know what? I was actually, um, my girlfriend at the time had a friend who, or she met someone in this group she was in. And she's like, yeah, like I'm living in Bali. You just need a business visa. It's fantastic. And we we're like, oh, shoot. You know, we're a year long into COVID. So we we're just like, let's hop over to Bali, check this out. And we really had an amazing experience. I, ju I jumped into all kinds of trainings. I did uh, Thai yoga massage, yin yoga. Uh, meditation teacher training, but something else really profound that I got into were these like somatic trainings and something called the embodied warrior training for men. And so what is that? That sounds yeah. amazing. You should talk, talk about, about that. About <laughs> um, so the embodied warrior program, it was a four week container. And basically how the, the guy was setting up, one thing you did is learn a haka, which if anyone's not familiar with a haka, it is this like primal like war battle cry that uh, the Maori people in New Zealand um, in ancient times would do before entering uh, battle and it's like you might have seen uh, people might have seen how the all blacks in rugby still do it but you just see these men they're like chanting and yelling and it's primal and it's amazing and so but you feel this thing whenever you witness it so part of it was geared towards learning that. And the other part was like accessing the dark masculine. And at the time I was like, dark masculine, like what's the dark masculine? And my background is a people pleaser, a nice guy, very passive. And I felt like I was very stuck in life. Like I couldn't push through. I couldn't get to the other side. I was kind of floating around. I didn't have a ton of direction. I was always very growth mindset and I was always seeking and learning but I wasn't able to actualize any of the things that I was um, learning about, like kind of professionally. And so there were times when we did these like really intense somatic healings where 
one exercise for 14 and a half minutes the facilitator is playing like really intense kind of dark like war viking music and we're in groups of three and two guys are holding this like mattress and we're like god and we're beating the heck out of this mattress and this was a profound experience because like i mean one of the guys holding it was like a rugby player so he'd get behind it i'm like giving it everything i got for 15 minutes i'm elbowing i'm kneading i'm kicking it i'm doing muay thai at the time so i'm like pulling out the combos but after three minutes i i was dead but then my guys are like no get up keep going keep going i do another minute i'm dead and you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and you find there's always more there's always more there's always more and somehow we got through like the 13 or 14 minutes and then afterwards put the mattress down you sit down and you were held by the guys like just held by the masculine in a very healthy non-weird kind of way it's a little bali-esque right but at the same time like it felt so nice and you felt so safe and you felt so protected after just like giving everything you had and and then another experience before that one we were just by ourselves. he took us through like a guided meditation and some breath work that was getting up a lot of these feelings and what I've come to find out is a lot of us have a lot of rage that has been suppressed and it wasn't safe to express when we were little or maybe we had mothers that didn't want us to be like our fathers so they kind of got it out of us or it, it anytime it would come out they would make it known like that's not okay you can't be like that and so I just had all this stuff that was pressed down and so one day I'm we have these like bolsters these fluffy things for yoga and I'm like smashing this thing and and we're like calling out to our dad and why'd you do this and why'd you just like getting all this stuff out that's in there energetically and then it brought me to this place of like I was like whoa I have some really intense we just dropped in really quick huh I was like man I have some really intense anger and pain and like pure evil hatred inside of here. And I was like, whoa. And it kind of scared me at first. I was like, wow, I'm literally living with this inside of me and how it manifests is I was just like scared of doing anything. Cause like, hey, what if that gets out? And it was just so pushed down that like, what I found is it left me numb because this was so pushed down inside of me and turned off the opposite end of the spectrum, joy, love, fun, bliss, all these things were shut off too because there's the yin and the yang, the balance, right? And so I cleared up a lot of that, was able to forgive uh, my dad. And then what was crazy is later I did a meditation training and we were doing all these different types of meditations and activations and kundalini meditations and some were like super physical. And one day we're doing this really kind of violent, like just really involved physical meditation, right? And we're like screaming and we're chanting and we're this and we're that and we're hitting stuff again. And I feel all this emotion coming up. And I mean, all this stuff came to the surface and I felt that same like hatred that I felt before, but this time it was at me. And I was like, oh man. It's actually me because it's easy to point fingers. Oh, this person did this and this person did this and this person did this. 
but we also like during this course we learn to take responsibility for our part our fingerprints on things in our life and I realized like how much self-loathing and shame and guilt I had towards myself that I was walking with every single day and it literally felt like I was just wearing a coat that was like filled with dumbbells it was just like weighing me down and even like people have told me my posture has changed like I'm just a little more I'm like a tall guy too so it's easy to be like this but I just feel very like expanded these days um but that was that was crazy and then after after like expressing that both times both towards my father and towards myself after it got out what was left was like grief and like severe sadness and then it just like came out in the form of like weeping and sobs and tearing but it just like came out and uh I could tell that since both of those experiences like they left me lighter and and a lot has been changing in my life since doing some of these things um so it's been really cool to see because you hear all the time now like energy is everything everything is energetic and that's starting to get known but then like the embodiment of that is like okay excuse me I'm carrying these things energetically in my body that are literally affecting me every single day and it doesn't matter how many times I meditate how many times I do breath how many times I do this I can do all these perfect habits but that stuff's living in me one more great example just while we're on this topic is I was also doing somatic therapy sessions which is all about getting into the body feeling emotions feeling where it is and then expressing and letting it out sometimes going back to the first time you experienced it and so one day the facilitator and I went in my like visualization, I visualized my dad and we were doing an exercise with him and I was like reaching out my hand to him and he was like sitting on the couch and he looked at me and I mean my heart space just like folded in and collapsed to like the size of a pea and it was like constricted and it was hurting and 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 that's also like where I feel would feel anxiety and stuff in my life it's like congestion right here but I mean everything was just like and my body was folding in just from a visualization and this was like throbbing right here and that's what my heart felt like and I was shocked I was like I'm living with this energy inside of me every single day but it's it's suppressed right but that's when different things like people talk about triggers different things will bring that up like in relationship with men not feeling worthy not feeling enough having to prove myself to people not being able to be me these are all manifestations of this thing that was sitting inside of me and so I told this guy what I was feeling and he goes hey you're missing something because before this I was talking about how yeah like things are cool with my dad. I just don't have a desire to talk. Like we went through a lot of stuff, right? I was like, I just don't desire to talk to him, have a relationship with him. And he goes, you're missing something. There is an inner child inside of you that loves his father, wants his father to love him, wants his father to be proud of him, and wants his father to know what's going on in his life. And that just like, it that got to my core because I was like, and I just like surrendered. I remember in the moment I was like, I just went, because <sighs> I didn't have to just, be so tight and like I can do it and because also what I was saying is I can do this by myself I don't need you I don't need help and then in my life that's how it was manifesting I wouldn't get close to anyone I didn't need help from anyone I had to be a lone wolf and it wasn't working <laughs> so that's what got me going Amazing. into all these different things but it was so crazy to see 
how those things were still living energetically in my body. And then one other time we did a, I had a dream about an ex-girlfriend. I was having recurring dreams, yet I was in partnership with someone else. And so I went in and uh, brought up that one week that I was having dreams of this other person. And so we went in and in visualization, we went in the room with three different past partners that I've had and we brought them in the room and immediately in my body again, I felt like all this anxious, nervous energy and like suppression and like, and I was like, holy crap, this is just from a visualization exercise. This is insane. And then um, we did an exercise with one of them where I was able to say things that I wasn't able to say at the time because I couldn't communicate. I didn't have my own boundaries. And then just like, just cleared all these things for me internally. Um, but it was really wild to see because I had done, I had done like therapy before and you're just like talking and I knew something else was going on, but it was actually really getting inside the body and letting these things out and also reestablishing the connection because I know for a lot of my life I've been in my head and I'm also like very smart very quick very analytical but it could only get me so far because my body wouldn't be on board or my body would stop and be like it would control me or hold me back or I'd have these sensations of anxiety all living up here from these different emotions that were suppressed I love everything that you have said. I I mean, I literally have said all of this stuff on the previous. So I'm like, it's just speaking out of my own mouth. There are a few things I want to go back to, because as yes. you were saying them, when you were talking about the anger and the rage, ooh, I was clearing a lot of stuff in the field. Um, it's the exact same journey that the feminine goes into, right? The feminine, and the masculine need to go through this anger because it's almost like the grief or the sadness underneath that anger and that rage that we have to release is too much for us to hold, right? So we need to be in that, um, that sacred rage. We need to be in that anger. We need to be in that warrior. We need to be in that Kali Ma, you know, um, destroyer of everything mode to be able to feel that. So it's so interesting because the anger is always an access point to deeper grief and sadness. And it's about connection. Um, something else you said there around the inner child, I really want to go into it because that's actually how we were able to have such a deep connection because our inner children felt really safe and connected, but actually want to take it back again because <laughs> I'm like, oh, we could go there. I could go there. I could go there. What back. I want to, <laughs> what I want to bring. We got time. What I want to bring it to is um, you were saying at the start, and I, I know this about you because we've, we've discussed how we've both been through the wounded opposite polarity. So I was in a really wounded masculine energy and you were saying you were in this wounded feminine, people pleasing. I mean, it's a nice guy as well. So it's not just that, you know, but you said, and we've said and talked into it the past, how you had a lot of feminine energy and you had to come through this feminine energy to reclaim that primal masculine, dark yeah. Um, masculine ravaging and biking and all of that power right <laughs> in a healthy way <laughs> yeah anyway yeah um all of that stuff right <laughs> which is so juicy and great and I love it and the effect that it has on my body that's why I'm like we need to move on from this topic because I'm going to just start having spontaneous <laughs> orgasms um <laughs> but yeah talk to me about that journey of like you know um coming from that feminine energy and you've spoken into some things that you've been doing to really move more into that masculine energy but talk to me about what divine masculinity is to you and how you know what traits that is I want to know from a man's perspective because yeah. I can talk about what I believe divine masculinity to be but I would love to hear it from your your perspective um and 
the traits that you feel like you're stepping into as you move from that feminine polarity into the into the masculine? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So there's a lot of talk these days. It's I I'm really happy to see that this conversation is happening. The people are starting to have this polarity conversation, masculine, feminine. Something else we're hearing is toxic masculinity. And so I feel that toxic masculinity is just wounded masculinity. You know, a lot of us in society have been hurt by men, both women and men. And we're all like experiencing repercussions from that right now. And I believe it's up to us to heal and also up for up to men and women to work together. And that's one thing that's been really cool about our connection is we've been able to do that. And so there's certain um, there's certain traits of masculinity that when they're not divine or awakened, they can be toxic, like competition um, can be a good thing. And then it can also be a toxic, bad thing. And so it's like strength that's grounded in love, power that's grounded in compassion. Like this is what makes divine masculinity and like direction that has purpose behind it. Because one of the the first things that you need with masculinity or like awakened masculinity is, is direction and purpose. And um, it's kind of like the, I don't know, it's like, it's, it's the strong force, but also the open heart and the ability to love. Because if you're just like, you know, there's a lot of people now on the internet, red pill community and this and that, that are coming out and saying all these things. And I'm just like, when I listen to it, I'm like, you guys are forgetting about love both for yourself, both for your woman, for your families. Like life is not just about stacking up cars and money and having as many chicks as you can possibly get. Like eventually, so that's the not enough wound, right? That's a big wound of the masculine is, is just not enough. And that's that's kind of my story. It's like I was doing all this stuff, but I could never be fulfilled and never be satisfied. And I always felt lost and it didn't matter what I what I did. And so now we have a lot of people giving advice to young men that are going through their own hurt, that have fathers that are abusive or that are not there, that are, that are not present with them and absent. And they're, they're looking for someone to listen to. They're looking for a way out. They're looking for hope. And it's this future vision of, oh, if I can just get X, Y, Z. And that's where I was when I was back in an acting career and I felt empty and not purposeful and not fulfilled. I was like, oh, well, if I just, and I kept buying in harder. I kept trying to do more and more and more until finally I was like, man, like my, I, my body started falling apart. I was getting injured. I was bodybuilding at the time. I was doing all this stuff. And my body was like, dude, stop. And that's when I went to Bali because I had to make a shift in how I was living my life completely. And I actually, at 30 years old, I woke up one morning and I was like, okay, I just turned 30. I feel like numerically I'm a man, but characteristically, I don't feel like a man at all. And then I was like, what is a man? And I'm like, you know what? I didn't have anyone teach me. My dad did the best he could, but he was not the a great example of this by far. Um, and we actually, maybe we'll get to it later, but we've had so much healing in the last few years. It's been beautiful. And I could also see how it's opened up a lot for both of us. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I had no role models, um, no other men in my family. And so I started diving into books and I started doing courses and I wanted to learn like what happened here. And then the history is like, back when we had farms, 
the family would work as a unit. The, uh, the sons would go work in the field with the dad and they would see him and they would be teaching him how to work and they would have this bond and they would also admire their dad for that. And then they'd go inside and the mom would, um, she would cook the meals and she would do all that traditional stuff, but it was like a unit and everybody had their part and the man was looked up to and, and it was great. And then once we started industrializing, we started getting away from all this. And so now men are driving 30, 45 minutes into cities for work. Also, men get sent off to war in World War II and they come back and there's nothing really to help them integrate back into society. There's no, okay, we're going to give you payment for a few months and you're going to do therapy and we're going to find you something that will, because if you're out fighting, then you come back and you try to work a normal job. Like there's got to be some type of transition there anyway. Then we have the feminist movement, which part of that was definitely needed, right? Yes, power to the ladies. Part of that was needed. No, no, no. I'm like, yes, he's going there because I ranted about feminism and how harmful okay. it is for like an hour. And I was like, I'm so glad you're taking it up. I'm going to shut up and I'll let you continue. So what happened <laughs> is we swung the pendulum because it needed to be swung, right? But instead of coming here, we've went all the way over here. And now we have a world where there's not really polarity. and we have a lot of people that are like me that where I was, I was 30. I was kind of floating through life. I couldn't sink my feet into anything and, and commit and have staying power. And it wasn't just relationships. This was manifesting in friendships and in intimate relationships and in job and finances. It's not just one thing. And I think for a long time, I was looking at things as individually. And then I was like, wow, this all comes from the same root. It's all connected. And this is for everybody. And um, if you want, if you want anything but to be better in life, just love yourself. What if it was that easy? <laughs> love yourself a little more. Um, so yeah, I, I dove into this is one of my favorite books right here, The Way of a Superior Man. Great it, book, it, guys. Great book. 100%. I read that book when I was getting into the energy of my big dick king. I was like, I'm gonna read this book. <laughs> it, and I know a lot of women and I've recommended it to women as well to read it. And they love it too. Because for me, I was like, man, this is an energy that I just, or a language that I've been waiting to, to hear. It made so much sense. And I'm like, why is no one teaching this? And if you look back, like historically, or even now at different cultures, like people, they will have ceremonies and passages, write a passage for men. The, the men will literally take the, uh, the sons, the boys away from the mothers because that's another thing we all have a lot of dependency towards a relationship with our mom we literally come in attached on an umbilical cord there needs to be something to happen right a lot of men now are mama's boys I was a big mama's boy but anyway they take these and look at me now <laughs> but they take they literally take these boys out and they go in caves or whatever and they do chants and they tell stories and they hunt and they do all these things and their uncles are there, the elders are there, grandparents are there. They're nurtured by all these different men in the tribe and they're not separated. It's very communal and they do these things and they spend time away from their mom. And then when they come back, it's like, ah, I'm a man. I was talking to my meditation uh, training teacher out in Bali and he's a Sikh and they have these turbans. And I asked him, I was like, hey, when did you get the turban? And he got it at 13. And it was like their come like rite of passage coming as a man. You have the turban now and it's and there's like a ceremony involved. And it's it's really cool. But for us, it's like 
honestly, the average like 16, 17 year old playing video games, watching porn and beating it in a dark room, chasing after women and like they just have no idea where they're going, what they're doing. And also the school system is designed to keep us like, okay, well then it's the next year and there's no direction. We just know that, okay, one day we're going to graduate and things are going to work out and we're going to get a job. We're going a lot of tangents here, right? But I, the point of what I'm saying is like men are lost and there's nobody telling us what to do. And then you have women that are having to deal with all these men that don't have their shit together. And they're trying to come in and mother men and fix them because they have their own mother wound and their damage. And all this is being recreated in relationships. And then the polarity has gone. And it's like, how the hell did we get here? And how do we get out of it? And that's what I was talking about earlier. And you brought up too. It's like, we work together. We work, we have this conversation and, and we really work together on this. Um, but now I see people targeting each other, like, oh, men are this, all men are bad. Oh, that's another thing. I, so I have a lot of conversations with women and a lot of them grow up with the beliefs that like, I can't count on men, men are this, men are that. And I'm just like, whoa. And it's like, we take that into dating energetically. Or I hear all the time, there's no good guys in LA. Then I go to Bali. There's no good guys in Bali. I'm like, well, you're fucking good guys anyway. I'm kidding. I'm like, I'm like, you're probably not going to find one. But I was having a conversation with this woman one day at uh, a restaurant in Bali. And she was really, really sweet. And she was really excited to talk to a man about some of this stuff. And she goes, hey, why are men afraid of like dating a, a woman who's like a like a boss babe who's like got it together right she's got her own money she's got a career and I was asking her a little bit about her last relationship and she said one of the things she said is that her boyfriend would try to buy her nice things and she's like it didn't really do much for me because I can buy it on my own and I was like you hear that I can do it on my own like energetically it's like I don't need you when he was actually trying to like it's one of the ways he was trying to show his love to you by supporting or providing you like you already have everything else taken care of but he wanted to give you some element of like providing and she was just like oh I never looked at it that way and then also I talked about like how would it feel you as a woman if you're with a man and he provides what's called masculine containment and not like he puts you in a cage but the idea is like this guy is in this relationship with both feet and grounded there and he's not trying to get anywhere else it's not one foot in one foot out he's just there for you no matter what it is you say what it is you do you just get to be you and she was like like her body just softened like I don't have to be on my guard and I was like I was like have you been encountering like boys and she's like yeah like a lot of these guys like I have to do this and and so there's this like disparity that's happening right now um in polarity I think it's a worldwide phenomenon. I love, I'm like, which part do I choose to extrapolate on? The first first thing I want to say is how you have been saying, and this is kind of what we started talking about. One of the things is like men don't have men to really look up to, right? And I get this reflection over the past couple of years so much from men in my community who were like, who the fuck, where are the men leading and like giving us the good shit, right? So that book is amazing. Ross is amazing. That's why I have him here because he is a leader. He's stepping up, right? And it's fucking time for the men to step up and teach the men, right? Women can't teach men how to be men. 
we can call them to their greatness by supporting them and loving them. But that's not from this place of the nagging bitch mom, right? Women need to understand that if you're going to be hard, if you're going to have all these things around men, and I can't trust men. And I, I talk about all of this in the softening into feminine vulnerability episode. So I won't go into it, like listen to that message. And the, the sacred union, um, sacred union template episode, listen to them, because I've touched on all of this. But if you're not allowing yourself to be in the heart to be open to be surrendered how are the men going to stand up how are they going to rise into being men like there's literally no place for men to be men in society because women are trying to do the things that men are you know doing taking all the roles and support and protect and provide for themselves which is really great another thing that you said that i feel like this is kind of where we want to go (laughs) is what the tangent's taking me towards maybe i mean you're the man so you can lead but you said you said around um, the heart space, right? Like it's so important. Like that's such a quality of masculinity. It's like that open heart, right? And I think that is the reason why both of us were able to connect in the way that um, you know we did, where I fully allowed myself as the feminine to open and be penetrated by the fullness of like, whoa, my whole body's like, wow, of your energy, right? And I wasn't like, I'm terrified of you. Like, this is too much. I don't feel safe. Like this is, cause that is a lot of energy. That's a lot of fucking man coming at you, right? Like, look at this man, it's a lot. You could imagine what his energy is like um, in that space, right? And a lot of women do not feel safe to soften and open into that because the men that they're interacting with don't have open hearts, right? So those men are not grounded in their heart and they're coming from this place of control or, um, you know, violence or aggression or whatever it is. But when you have that direct energy and you're grounded in your heart, it's like you can penetrate to the fucking core of the feminine and she can literally melt into openness. And like for days after we had that meditation experience together, people were just coming up to me like constant. I was fucking magnetic. Like literally everyone was coming up to me. They're like, here's money. Men were like having scooter accidents, like trying to ask me out. I was radiating <laughs> because I felt yeah. so deeply cracked open right and that is the potential for polarity that that point of like the masculine is this penetrating force the woman is the womb the open the galaxy the universe whatever it is and in order for that to take place that that big explosion of like fucking bliss and joy and ecstasy and orgasmic amazingness and connection you need to feel safe right so it's like you need to do the inner child work, which is where I want to take this into the divine um, father, mother topic that we were talking about. And also how that's related to our own family healing. Because as I said, the reason why we were able to get to that place together was that we, I, actually, I want you to share it because you were sharing the vision that you had of our little children on these like cars. Yeah, and yeah. It's really cute. So you can share that and then you can absolutely perfect. keep going on that topic. <laughs> so I, w- I want to add something in. Everything you just said was wonderful and so true. What I want to add in though is people get their hearts broken and they get their hearts broken early. And we're talking about opening the heart, right? But a wall goes up. We go into another relationships so often carrying this same wound the same hurt and then we project that shit on the new person and then if you go below that what's really crazy is sometimes this hurt this hurt we're getting into it sometimes this hurt actually there's a demon you need to suck it out (laughs) there's an angel they're cheering us on making noises um But a lot of times this hurt actually can be traced back to the woman's connection with her own father. And then it's like, we're going 
in our life, recreating this connection, trying to find love. And it's exactly what my mom did with my father. She's recreating the experience with, with my grandfather, her father. Um, and so it's like opening, forgiving, and like really clearing this. Because it's so easy to be mad at this person. And it's like, oh, this person is doing this. and Or are they being the perfect mirror? And that's the really tough pill to swallow, right? Yeah. So I just wanted to interject that because I think that's a, a useful tool. And also like anytime anyone transitions out of a relationship is like asking the right questions or even in when you're experiencing disconnection or energy like this, it's like, like taking the time to really ask the right questions. Like, okay, what's coming up for me? Is this the first time I've experienced this? Um, but moving into the other topic, yeah, I, we were first and foremost, what Beck and I did is we were sitting across from each other. We had our, we were in Indian style and we had, I think right hand was on top, left hand was open, but we did this like meditation where we were kind of channeling and circling energy. And I hadn't done it uh, like this with a partner before. And it was freaking so cool because all this stuff was coming in and it, it was really awesome. Um, but one vision I had was like Beck and I as kids, like coming in to like the earth plane together. And we were just like, what were we on like big wheels or something? You said I had a Bobby car and you had like <laughs> this other car. It's so cute. Like Ninja Turtle, can't... like big wheel. And we were just like, yeah, let's go play and let's explore and let's help each other out and look after each other. and Let's ride around and it was just so funny, but it just was like so pure and so joyful. And uh, one of the big things I got out of this connection is, uh, so I had my own, I guess, relationship to the feminine was, I'm like, how much to say? I'm just going to go for it. You know, like, I know where it. you're going with this and I want you to go there. Yeah, okay. I, I completely know where you're going with this. Yeah. yeah. So I had a very wounded I just, it sounds funny. I, I had a wounded feminine, but that's part of why I was so in my feminine, right? And so I was geared to get validation from women. And I also felt very responsible for women's feelings. And so in all of my interactions, I was always a caretaker. I had Enrique, Enrique Iglesias hero syndrome, right? I'm trying to be everyone's hero, everyone's savior. This was showing up in my relationships. This was showing up in friendships. This was showing up everywhere. Um, and I think this goes way back. And then also you, um, there's so many different things. Stick to the point. Um, but yeah, it was, there was always this expectation on me. And I was part of the manifestation, but my relationships, also a lot of, women would expect something from me and so for example there was a time when I was being friends or I was friends with um someone and we had hung out a few times and after one of the times we hung out she's like hey I just want to let you know that I'm I have feelings for you I really like you and it's been really fun hanging out and I looked at her and I had picked her up she didn't have a car and I looked at her and I said thank you and we just kind of had this weird moment and she got out of the car and I drove away and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, Ross, chill, bro. So I get out my phone and I send her a text. I was like, hey, thank you so much for telling me how you felt. 
like it, I'm sorry, like in the moment, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I've had a, a great time connecting with you. And for me moving forward, I'd, I'd love to have a friendship. That's what I want. Um, let me know how that sounds for you. And if you'd like to talk anymore. And she responds, oh my God, thank you so much for replying. I feel so much better now. And so what was happening? I felt guilty. And this is my own thing, right? I felt guilty about not having the feelings for her and letting her down. Meanwhile, I made her feel stupid for telling me how she felt and then like not even acknowledging it. And fortunately, I right away went into it. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was wild to see, like it wasn't okay. Like this is just how I was wired. Like it wasn't okay. Like I, I legitimately felt like I was an awful person because I couldn't just be like, oh no, we're friends. That's all I had to be. Um, and so when we were doing this, uh, this connection that we had, it, it felt like I felt this pure exchange of like the masculine and feminine and our energy without any, like you didn't need me to be anything for you except for me. And I also add to that, right? Like I want the fucking work that I did to get to that point to also feel this like connection and this sexual energy and not attach a story to it, right? I could have easily been like, oh my God, we have this fucking melty, amazing thing. And like, I'm having all these orgasms, which is me. That's me. That's not you, right? Like that's my experience. And many women attach these stories or, or things to it. And it's conditional. That love is fucking conditional. If you were like, I'm only going to share this love with you. It's conditional. Yeah. So that, 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 thank you for saying that. Cause that, so that's me. Like one of the first things, big man, big heart. I love so big. And I, and I realize I'm always giving women conditional, like just unconditional love and it's big. And so they, and so yeah, people be like, oh, well, you're leading her on. I'm leading, like, I haven't flirted. I haven't like said, let's go on a date. Like, I, but it's just how I am. And so then it's almost like, oh, well, you're, you're wrong because, and, and I had another interaction with someone, I was very like clear right away when I thought something was happening and I brought up a conversation and then that person tried to like put it on. I was like, no, no, I'm not going to change who I am. I'm also not going to be flirtatious if I'm not, you know, wanting to be that with someone, but it is this like this big unconditional love that that is coming out and it can be yeah, misconstrued or or whatever, but it was just uh it was a really beautiful moment. And for the record, it's <laughs> we were meditating, y'all. It, <laughs> yeah. really, <laughs> yeah, it just really opening like um energetically. And so that was like it was so beautiful to see that also it was during a, a time when my relationship was transitioning. And so to experience that just like pure acceptance of and appreciation of of who I am for me without a need for me to be anything because also what I was talking about that energy that I was in I was bringing that into my relationship always like putting the other person first and leaving myself to be with them if that makes sense so always put it it was just like a the nice guy uh, yeah. a, a program that I was on and ultimately it was like I can't just blame like I can't point a finger it's like I was the one that was doing it and then you know it there's two sides going on and 
we were both working through things together. Um, but that was like one of the things that was that was my part. And then it was really interesting because once I started doing like the somatic work and understanding kind of what was going on with me, and I started changing and I started having new behaviors and I started having boundaries. I expected at first my partner to just be right on board. And, but of course there was like some transitional things that happened because it's like, I've been acting one way for over a year and all of a sudden I'm like acting different and, and speaking my truth and all this stuff like Ross communication, grace, let them know what's going on. There's some big, some big learning in there. There was something you said in that, like, feeling like you have to be someone in order to be loved as well. So the love that you were receiving was very conditional, but also you were expecting that conditional love. And I think that's the beauty of what our connection was. It, I was like, give me all of you. I want all of it. It's not too much. And you were like, give me all your freaky fucking orgasmic medicine woman shamanic shit. And that's cool. And I'm, we weren't expecting the other person to like understand or accept or have the same experience. And that's where the beauty was. Cause it was like, I know that this is my experience and it's crazy. And, and I've held myself back in the past for being like, oh, they're going to create a story about what it means when I'm in this space, or I'm going to freak them out because my eyes are rolling in the back of my head. Or for you, it was probably like, I can't give my, you know, a woman, all of this love or all of my power or whatever it is, because they can't hold me because it frightens them or whatever that is. Yeah. Or it, it brings up the, what we were talking about earlier, like their own, stuff about their own beliefs about the masculine mm -hmm. and uh, you just said something that was very profound I guess it'll come back to me maybe there's another place to go yeah something about the all of the allness of you and not expecting someone to receive that maybe I felt like that was like a oh just getting to some truth nugs in there ah, it was it was right before that so it was like me talking about abandoning myself this is part of being a nice guy like I realized that I was on this like subconscious program to just be who I thought this person wanted me to be but I realized that I was like that in all of my relationships I was like a chameleon and so it can be a really great thing to be very relatable to people but at one point in my life I realized like if I change for everyone I can't come in contact with who am I but the idea was I couldn't be seen, I couldn't be loved as I am. I couldn't be loved just being me. It wasn't enough. And that's what I learned as a kid. Yes. I in a child wounding. Let's go there. That's I, a good. I, I, I could, love that you're I, on this train with I me. I couldn't <laughs> just be loved or enough as me. So I had to turn into all these other things and I lost myself in the process. What okay. a nice segue amazing well we're gonna wrap this up now talking about because i was like okay this is the finishing the big finish the big finish um let's talk about um how our own self-love journey or a reparenting our inner child so receiving that love from our own inner father inner mother all of that stuff has well enabled us firstly i think you guys can see it's enabled us to have deeper connections in this way but also has enabled us to heal the relationship with our own family because ross and i are super mirrored and um, we were going through very similar things at the same time so when i came back to australia to you know heal some stuff with my family he was kind of about to go on a, a similar journey and go back to the state so he actually went on it a little bit later and i i feel like i kind of integrated mine a little bit before he did but we came to this completion with the cycle of our family around the same time like the full completion of feeling that um 
that love, like, like that unconditional love with our family and all the wounded stuff that we used to have with them is no longer there. The triggers, all of that stuff, being able to see them and understand them and be like, I am going to set a boundary if you're acting in a way which is harmful, but I love you and I understand, you know, where you're coming from or whatever that is. Um, there was one other thing that I wanted to say, but I can't remember. Oh yeah. And how we've both come to this place of like understanding that need of being in an environment which is nurturing and supportive and family oriented and just like sinking into what it feels like to be at peace um, and have a, an inner child who is regulated and taken care of and safe and feels held and loved. And so, um, yes, talk to me, Ross, about like your, I know my experience and I've spoken a lot about my experience with my inner child, how you reparented your own inner child and how that has changed the dynamic with your parents, how you've kind of become this parent for your for your parents in a way right because that's our generation is in a sense leading our parents to heal um where the cycle break is so that's where we're going to take it now (laughs) yeah so i've been doing my best now to actually unbecome the parent to my parent because i did have that stage hard and it takes a lot out of you when you're becoming someone else's parent and I, I think too, one of the best ways to help or inspire someone is with your way of being. And so, yeah, spend- embodying embodiment yeah. instead of having to like force them totally. to do something totally. And I completely love that you said that because that's not the, the becoming the parent is not the final point. And thank you. <laughs> so, when, uh, when I got home from Bali, I spent seven weeks with my dad because I just wanted to be there with him. I wanted to bond with him. I wanted to help him with his house. His house needed to be cleaned up and he needed some serious help there. And uh, this is huge because I hadn't seen him in three years. And and I didn't even see him before I went to Bali because I just didn't want to. And that's where we were. And um, one of the big things that's so important, at least for me and our healing was I had to learn to let him be who he was. And so what I mean by that is we, it was like a roller coaster when I went home. A, a few days in, I was like, I, I can't be here. This is this is not the a great environment. Da, da, da. And I was like, Ross, you're a man. You set the intention. You're coming here. Are, are you just going to give up and go? No, you're going to stick it out. And I'm so glad I did. Um, but there were time, ah, something something else real quick. It was such a gift for me because I was like, wow, this is where I came from. I was like, I am so happy to be like, I'm so proud of myself for where I'm at because I saw every bit of beliefs and conditionings and environment that shaped and molded who I am and who my brothers are. And it was so like special to be there and also special to relate with my dad in a different way without an expectation of how he should have been or who he should be now. And as I've opened up to him, he's opened up. And I was actually finding about out about who he is and what his life has been like, like for the first time. And so it was really cool. And also something else that happened, there's a whole bunch of stuff in his basement, like 40 years of collected stuff. And I called a dumpster, we got a dumpster there. And my brother and I helped my dad would went go down there and kind of pointed things. And he's a little older. And so we got all this stuff out of this basement and it was so cathartic because it was just like, we're opening up and getting all this crap out and going through memories. And it's really wild because when you shift on the inside, 
things start changing on the outside. It was years ago I heard this quote, your outer world is a reflection of the inner world. And I was like, oh, it like shocked me to my core because I felt like a hamster on a wheel. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to do all these things out there, but it's actually in here that I need to look at. And just recently I held a men's retreat and here in California and there was a buddy that I went to school from kindergarten all the way through senior year of high school. And we've connected here and there throughout the years um, on social media, but he flew out to be in this retreat from Kansas city to be in this retreat. And that like, that showed me too, like I'm, I'm ready for these reconnections because of the work I've done. And also like we had the best time and we're exchanging stories. And I was just like, wow. And then another kid came up from San or another young man came up from San Diego um, who was a buddy of, of ours that went to middle school and high school with us. And it was like such a nourishing addition to the weekend to have these, these two guys there. Cause it was just like very, very opening. Um, but I think as to your question about the inner child, I heard this guy in Bali, Rick William, and he told us a story about like, he's like, okay, you have a, a mother has a five-year-old and a five-year-old, they're in aisle seven at the grocery store. Aisle seven's the boring aisle and he wants to go to aisle nine where, or no, you are, sorry, has a child at the grocery store, you're in aisle five. You want to go to aisle seven, but the, the kid's like kicking and screaming. He's like, no, I, I want to stay at aisle five. And he's like, okay, you can literally pick the child up and then go to aisle seven with him. And he's still going to be kicking and screaming. He's like, or you can be like, you know what? And just sit down and be like, okay, we can chill here. And then the kid's like, he kind of chills and he relaxes. And he's like, okay, this is cool, but let's see what's over there. And I heard that and I was like, ooh. I feel like I was kept trying to do and to fix and to change and to achieve and all these things but my my body was just like dude hold on hold on a second because it was wanting me to see and it was actually wanting me to check in with my inner child and this version of me that was like hey can you pay attention to me for a second can you love me for who I am right now can you quit trying to achieve everything just to like to feel good about yourself because even I was a, a Viking on the show on Fox it was a big thing and after I felt empty but this was like a peak career highlight but I still had this kid that just like felt so unloved and so it was through examining like what it was like for him and through journaling and through talking to him and visualizing and one time I did this beautiful inner child meditation just like visualizing on my on my own and I picked him up as big me and we went on like an adventure day and uh, I took him to Toys R Us, which, you know, RIP to Toys R Us, not around anymore. But I was like, you can have anything you want. And he was like, what? And he like picked out a toy. I was like, bro, anything you want. And he picked out another. I was like, fill this card up. And he was like, what? And he's like going crazy and getting all this stuff. And then I was like, guess what? We can come back anytime you want. And he's like, oh my God. And then we were like outside in the grass and doing somersaults and just playing. And so I think one of the ways this translates to my life now is I've really allowed myself to start playing more. And one of the things I've been doing is since I got back to LA, I took 10 uh, private salsa lessons. I've always been wanting to learn how to salsa dance. I have an amazing group of friends and community that I've been dancing with. 
And it's been, it's checked so many boxes, it's growth, it's learning, it's fun, it's expression, um, and really just playing. And I just signed up for a six week series at another studio. Um, but it's been so fun to add this to my life, because I think sometimes life can just be so serious, especially if you're a high achiever, and you have big dreams, and you have goals. And sometimes it's great to be like, wait, I'm supposed to have fun too, and just give ourselves a, a little reminder. And also when I check in with the inner child, he's like, hello, like, like that's what this is supposed to be about. Hey, and I heard something great. <laughs> yeah, and I heard something great from Alan Watts the other day, and he was talking about like people separate work and play. And he's like, no, what if everything you do in life becomes play? I fucking love that. And what a beautiful place to bring this to closure because I feel like this has been a playful conversation between us. Um, oh, thank you. You have brought so much like wisdom on this episode and your presence and your lightness and your joy radiates out through you. Ross, if people want to come find you and see what you're doing and, and know what you're up to and experience one of your retreats or meditations, how can they find you? Yeah, best way is on Instagram at Ross40. 40, 40 is F-O-R-T-E. And uh, send me a message if you want to connect, if you want to go deeper into any of the topics we've talked about, or if you want to know about the next uh, Elevated Man retreat. Also, Beck, I want to say thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for being you and also for powerfully stepping into who you are and sharing your gifts because you're a big inspiration to me and I know so many more people. So I received that. Thank you. All right, guys, until next time, I love you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cracked Open. Don't forget to hit subscribe and share with a friend if this episode has served you in any way. For more information about the work that I do or to get in touch with me, read the show notes or head to beckmylonis.com. Until next time, beautiful soul. <laughs>